again, it reminds us, if you have uh, brought anyone through discipleship, uh, we are reminded about all the wonderful things that God does as our Heavenly Father. He loves us, He protects us, He provides for us, He disciplines us, He guides us. All those things that we would see pictured in an earthly father are pictured because He wants us to understand that as our Heavenly Father. Um, it's an amazing thing how God has done that, that uh, we have looked specifically through the book of Leviticus on how God uses all these things that he has put in this world around us as a picture. You realize God hasn't created anything by accident? Uh, we believe that, don't we? But we don't always think of it that way. That everything that God has put in this world, he didn't just go, oops, look, there's a frog. Okay, every single thing that is in this universe that God has put here, he has done for a reason. It's just sometimes we haven't seen what the reason is yet. And man, I'm, we're going through the book of Job, we're going through the book of Leviticus, and we're seeing over and over and over how God has laid all these things out from creation to teach us things. Because we are people who like picture books, don't we? Okay, um, And that's what God has done with his word. He's just taken it over and over and made pictures. Well, this morning... We're looking at the last chapter, starting the last chapter of Leviticus. It's been a long run uh, that we've been looking at all these wonderful things that God has done in this, what is the book of the priesthood, right? The book of the Levites. And we've talked about offerings. We've talked about the priesthood. We've talked about so many things that God has done for you and I. And it comes to a head in chapter 27. And we're going to look at it this week, next week week after depending on how things go um but uh, today it's probably one of the more serious things we have to look at when it comes to you and i so so much of what we have done has been looking at old testament pictures of truths that he wanted us to understand uh today uh rubber meets the road uh, we looked at the last couple of weeks at, that God has done certain things in our lives and we get to choose whether or not. Remember last week was a different kind of service and we looked at, listen, if you're going to obey the commandments and the things that I've laid out, I've got some benefits for you. If you refuse, guess what? Okay, for the Old Testament believers who didn't have necessarily that secure eternal uh, life and the Holy Spirit that lives within them permanently, they had consequences. For you and I, the consequences aren't the same, but there's definitely benefits or lack thereof if we don't serve God, and it's a choice. Okay? We get to choose whether or not we're going to do what God is asking us to do or not. I thank the Lord that he's that kind of God. Okay? Um, I don't know, being Father's Day, it reminds me of sometimes, how many of you might have lived under a, under a dad who was just iron fist? This is how things are in my house, and... Um, until the door opened and you were on your way out, you finally got to make your own decisions. Well, we know that that's not exactly how a proper father should act. That there's a certain point in the child's life where you need to let them allow, allow them to start making their own decisions. Okay? Within the confines of a loving home that will instruct them. That's part of the problem. Is sometimes we're so guarded in our children, we don't let them... Um, stumble and fall while there are people around them to help them get up and do what's right well god is that kind of god with us he allows us to uh, make choices and learn and how many times have we looked at the fact that god's word says you know a wise man falleth down and rises up seven times 
that uh, you are going to fall, you are going to mess up, but God is the kind of God who allows us to stand up, brush ourselves off, and keep moving on. We learn, because he gives us a chance to choose. Well, in choosing to serve God, we come to today's passage. And I want to read the first two verses, pray, and then we'll start going into this. Okay, Leviticus chapter 27, verse 1 and 2. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, When a man hath made a singular vow, the person shall be for the Lord by thine estimation. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would be with my mind. Lord, help it to present your word in a way that uh, helps us to understand it, help the Holy Spirit to teach us and prick our hearts. Lord, this is a, a very, uh, very important passage in our walk with you. And so, Lord, I just pray that you would uh, help us to understand, help us to estimate properly. Father, help us to mark this down as a turning point in all of our lives. Lord, this should be something that never goes out of focus. This should always be a primary thought every moment of every day in our relationship with you. So, Father, thank you. Help us as we look to your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Today's title, what is it worth? We've spent a lot of time looking at this entire book and all the blessings that God has given, all the things that he has laid out for us, all the commandments, all the do's, all the don'ts, all the positive things about salvation, about his plan for the universe, everything that amazing we looked at. And then he goes ahead and asks this question, what's it worth? Let's keep going on the notes. A singular vow. Now, some of us, when we hear that word singular, because the way we use it now, you, you think singular or plural, right? So he's saying, oh, if you make just one vow versus a lot of vows, that's not what this word means in the Old English. This word in the Old English means, okay, a gr- oh, sorry, great difficulty, uh, great, difficult, hard, exceptional, marvelous promise. Okay, now think about that. If a man makes a hard or a difficult or a marvelous or exceptional promise to God, you getting it so far? So his theme of this verse is if you are going to make a vow to God, something important to God. You with me? So that's what this is saying. We're going to look at the guidelines in regards to this in a minute. But this is a, uh, if a man, if a person wants to make this kind of commitment to God, it is going to cost them. Okay, and that's what he says. If you're going to make this singular vow, you have to step back and judge the estimate thereof. It is going to cost them. Now, this is something in our country especially and in some Western religious countries now that have had Christianity for years, we've lost this concept. Okay, And we need to make sure that we're focused exactly on what God is trying to say here. Next slide says, Jeremiah, God uses this word singular just to give us some understanding. In Jeremiah, it says, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. There is, there is, is there anything that is too singular for me? That's that same word, meaning hard, 
Okay, just about you cross-reference to find out what the word means. So it says, if anybody makes a hard vow before the Lord, something that's going to be tough, something that's going to be important. Okay, same thing in this verse down here. Sing unto him a psalm unto him, talking of all his wondrous works. That word wondrous is the same word as singular. So again, if you're talking about making a difficult, important, wonderful vow before God, it's going to cost you. You with me so far? I'm not going to deviate much from this point. We're not going to have a long service because I want to focus on exactly what God's trying to tell us here. Next slide. What is the, the amount that you would give to serve God? Now, this is a lot of times contrary, and you'll see this in a couple of notes, and I'm probably jumping ahead of myself. But in our world today, people are so for, focused on what am I going to get out of God ends this entire book reminding us that if you want to make an important vow to God, it's going to cost you something. Look at this verse that we wrote down here in Psalms. What shall I render, what shall I give, what shall I commit unto the Lord for all his benefits toward me? With everything that God has given, what am I going to commit to God? Now, uh, this, please, again, I'm beating myself up to him, not just hammering this This is something in our culture that is hard to comprehend. Not just anywhere in the world, but especially here in America. Next slide. God has done all these amazing things for us. What are you and I going to do for him? Okay, Leviticus chapter 12 reminds us of the, I mean, chapter 19 verse 2 reminds us of the theme of this book that we started, right? Be ye holy, for I, the Lord thy God, am holy. That, he laid out all these things in the word of God in this book to remind us that he is our God and he expects us to be set apart, to be different, to serve him. Well, if you're going to serve him, it's going to cost you. That's what we're talking about. All right, next. Guys, we know this one, right? Romans chapter 12, verse 1. I beseech ye therefore... By the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Okay, that you and I present our lives as a living sacrifice. How much are you and I willing to sacrifice? That's what this chapter is about. You with me? This is all kind of basic intro, but I, we have to focus on this. Next slide. Let's look at these next couple of verses together. So he says, uh, I'll start in verse 2 and read down a little bit. All right, back to verse 2. Speak unto the children of Israel and say unto them, When a man shall make a singular vow, the person shall be for the Lord by thy estimation. And the estimation shall be of a male from 20 years old even to 60 years old. By thy estimation shall be 50 shekels of silver. After the shekels of the sanctuary. If it be a female, then thy estimation shall be 30 shekels. And if it be from five years old to 20 years old, the estimation shall be a male of 20 shekels, and for a female, 10 shekels. And from a month old to five years old, the estimation be of a male, shall be five shekels of silver, and a female, estimation shall be three shekels. And if it be from 60 years old and above, And a male, uh, if it be a male, then it shall be 15 shekels, and a female shall be 10 shekels. All right, 
So he says, if you are going to serve God, it is going to cost you. Now get that for a second. Now, I want to make a couple of points here. It is based on age and gender. Don't get wound up. I'm telling you, we would have protests and, and woke-itis going on if we read this out in public. Okay, because, oh my word, men are getting more, it's cost more for the men than the women. Oh, where's equality? Understand something. Number one, in this culture, who stayed home and did most of the child raising? Okay, is that wrong? No, as a matter of fact, this is Father's Day, but on Mother's Day, we were reminded one of the, the amazing jobs on this planet was to raise your children. Okay, all of this is based upon your ability to serve. Right? For the longest time in our own country, who went out and fought all the wars? And the majority of those who were still in the armed forces are men. Okay, we're not trying to say anything sexist. God is saying if you're going to offer a labor, okay, men had the ability to offer more labor than ladies did. Because ladies spent most of their time in the home. It's not that they were worth any less. It's just saying if a man could go out and give his walk away from the house and be gone all day to serve me because his wife was home tending home. And again, for those of you who think it's easy, these are not families that had one or two children. The majority of these families had a whole bushel full of them. Okay, There are days when with my three at home, I was happy to go to work. Okay, mama stay at home with the children. I'm going to work. <laughs> okay, but that, so the issue here is not. Now, please, I want to make another point. Okay, the cost of redemption was the same for everyone. The blood being shed. And we talk about that. I can go back over the book of Leviticus and other places in the word of God that talks about everyone, their salvation, their redemption is based upon the same fact. The same amount, the same cost. And you and I know that all of it pictures the blood of Jesus Christ. There's no difference. But when it comes to the ability to serve, there was a difference in cost. And notice if you're from two months old to five years old, not, you're not going to serve much in the temple, are you? Okay? Like I say, you might uh, go out and pass out some, uh, some Father's Day gifts or things like that. And if you were 65 and above, you're... Uh, you're expectation of serving in the temple was a little less okay we're not going to say all right all the 80 years old show up and shovel snow at the church today okay god you see so please don't get wound up people will look at this and go oh see there's just disparity and it's terrible relax the world needs to relax okay but i wanted it to be understood this is the cost to serve next slide We need to understand clearly this concept. Today, everything is focused on what's in it for me. God's whole picture in this last chapter is if I want to serve God, it's going to cost me to serve him. Okay? Not what am I going to get out of it, but how much am I going to have to invest into this to be able to serve. Now, here's an example or two. Just think about this. Okay, how would you feel if... Uh, we decided as a church to charge everybody $10 a person on Sunday morning to come in and learn from God's Word. Now, some of us as, as believers and understand the importance of how much God's Word 
is in our lives, we'd say, I don't have a problem with that. But you know what? I guarantee you that there would be thousands and thousands of people across this country who would say, excuse me? You're going to charge me to come to church to hear preaching? To hear your preaching? Okay, maybe Billy Graham, maybe somebody important, but you? Now the question is, how important, how much is it worth? Do you truly believe that God is worth a cost? Worth an estimation? Look at the second point I put down here. What if uh, I said I'm going to do discipleship training next week? I'm going to start it again, teach you how to take a young believer who doesn't know much in the Lord and use your, uh, you know, your years of maturity to help guide someone through this. But to do so, it's going to cost you 200 bucks. Now, some people would say, well, amen, I'd love to learn the Word of God. The Word of God is my source. And the more I can understand it, the more I can learn, the more I can grow, the better it is. But I tell you what, that's probably not the first reaction that I'd get. What? How dare you charge me $200? Come on, you with me? God's whole point in this chapter that we're going to look at this week and next week at least is how much are you willing to give to be involved in God's ministry? And I'm not talking about money putting in the plate. This is, if you want to serve in God's service, if you want to be a part of what he is doing, you had to walk to the priest and give them a certain amount of money so you can be involved. What did we read a minute ago? For all that God has done for me, what am I willing to give for him? Contrary to a lot of what we get in America. As a matter of fact, let's keep going. How much does it cost to go out to eat? Yeah, too much. How about a movie? How about miniature golf? How about a cup of coffee? How about donut? You know what drives me crazy? And uh, I see this all the time. For the cost of a cup of coffee, you could, you could rescue this poor puppy from a cage. Now, I love puppies. You know how I am. You don't have to get crazy about it. But... The world gets this concept that they tug on this little chain about what is this cost, what is this movement, what is this little dog's life worth to you? <laughs> what is your service to God worth? Is it worth a cup of coffee? Is it worth movie, miniature, is it worth going out to dinner? <laughs> Can't even, can't even go to McDonald's for less than 15 bucks anymore. Honestly, it's crazy. But you understand the point? So many people wound up about what it costs for things in this world. How many of us even con have the concept, have the thought, what is it going to cost me? How much can I give to God so that I'm allowed to serve? That's what this is all about. If you were not willing to invest in your own service, you were out of this. And I can't put it in any simpler way. So as of next week, we'll have a cash box at the front door. Slide your $10 in. No, I'm just teasing. I'm not going to do that, okay? But some of us all already would start bristling against that, wouldn't we? Well, if they're going to charge me to come hear God's word, I'm not coming. Oh, really? Is that how much God's worth to you? Okay, please, I'm not going to do it, but 
we'd pay that much for maybe not so much a coffee. Well, if you went to Starbucks, maybe. How, how backward are our values? We will spend so much money on things that make very little difference. But when we ask somebody, what would we put in for my ability to serve God? How much would I be willing to invest? 30 shekels of silver, 50 shekels of silver. About that much. I'm sorry, I didn't memorize that one for today. You threw me off. All right. But, well, one of the things, and there's an interesting doctrine that we can look down here, is that 30 shekels of silver is exactly what the price of a slave was. And how many shekels of silver was Jesus betrayed for? 30 shekels of silver. It's just interesting concept on the side. Let's move on. Understand God's truth that he's trying to teach here. If you wanted to serve him, it is going to cost you. That's the point. That's where we are today. But it's your choice. That's the teaching. We just talked about if you're going to obey the commandments, there's blessings. If you don't, you're not going to get it. Your choice. If, you're going, if you want to step up and tell the priest, it's time I'm, I want to serve, it's going to cost you. But nobody's forcing you to do it. This is a voluntary offering. Isn't that great? That God doesn't twist our arm and make us do it. But the idea is if you want in, you can't just, eh, you know, maybe, maybe not. It takes a commitment. If you're in, it's going to cost you. However, this is not a substitute for serving. Uh, I'll just jump to the next slide with this one. So many differences today. We pay other people to do things that we don't want to do. And that's how it works. You don't want to clean your house? You hire somebody to clean your house. You don't want to mow your lawn? Pay somebody to mow your lawn, right? You don't want to wash your clothes? You pay somebody to wash your clothes. Yeah. Hey, your kids, you don't count. <laughs> right? That's the concept. If we don't want to do it, we just fork over money so somebody else will do it for us. That is not what this is about. This is not, oh, if I pay my 30 shekels of silver, my 50 shekels of silver, I won't have to serve. I can have somebody else serve for me. No, this is I pay the money so that I can do the work. Hi, Mrs. So-and-so, I'm here today. Uh, I want to know, can I mow your lawn? Why, sure, here's 20 bucks. I'll mow your lawn and pay you $20 to do it. But see, isn't that the crazy way we think in this world? That is completely different than what God is saying. God is saying, if you want to serve me, you need to be willing to invest into this. It's completely different than we've trained ourselves, isn't it, in our country? That I'm going to... A shekel is about 75 cents. Yeah, this wasn't a big thing, and that was my point. I could have expounded a little bit more. A cost of a slave at 30 shekels, it wasn't like when Judas betrayed Jesus, he was making a lot of money. He just betrayed him for, yeah, just a handful of bills. So it's not very expensive, but the, uh, the object is, is it's going to cost you. If you want in, hi, I'll, I'll, I'll shovel your snow. Can I do it for 20 bucks? Well, sure, 20 bucks, good. Here's 20 bucks, I'll go shovel. 
No, I hate it. Don't remember. No, okay. Yep. Yep. Amen. And as a great illustration, I wasn't thinking of that, but I love that the fact that Bruce used to fill the gas tank out of his own pocket. He could have showed up and said, listen, I'll mow the lawn, but you better make sure that thing's full of gas. He was willing to fill the tank himself. It cost him to serve. It's a very small illustration, but that's the point. We want to come in and say, all right, I'm here, but what am I going to get out of it? Boy, that is the Western American greed talking. When it comes to what God's saying in his word about serving him, we need to be willing to not only say, I'm available, but I'm going to pay myself in. I'm going to buy the opportunity to serve. Not because God needs the money, does he? Of course not. But God wants to know how much you're in, how important this is to you. Are you invested in this? And we'll cover more of this next week, all right? Because how many of us support missions? Don't raise your hand because I don't want to embarrass anybody. And why do we support missionaries? Because we personally can't go, can we? Okay, I would love to go to Africa and Asia and China, you know, all these places. I can't be all those places at one time, but we get people who are in our team who can. So we invest in them so that the word of God can go other places. God talks about that quite a bit, and we'll look at that. That um, those who are investing in the work get the benefits also of the work. We'll look at that next week. Hold on to that thought. Notice as God, he needs people who have a willingness to serve him. This is a hard commitment to find in this world today. We rather pay people to do the work for us as opposed to pay so we can do the work. That's what this chapter is all about. God has given all these blessings. If it's so important that we serve him, it's going to cost us. Next slide. This is one of the major reasons that the Word of God has such a powerful impact in other countries. I was talking to Dan. I knew he had to leave today, so I said I was going to use him as an example with uh, global media outreach that he is involved with. And he is in contact pretty much every week with people all over the world serving. You know how many people in other countries, if they just declare that they're a Christian, put their life in danger? that they have lost family members because they've been exiled from their family, that they have been imprisoned because they are Christians, that Dan knows of several people who have disappeared off the face of the earth and are most likely dead because of their commitment to God. But you know what's amazing to me? And Dan shared this. Jake was down there with me too. That he has two gentlemen um, in particular uh, and... Both of them, in four-year period of time, are pastoring churches, which saved four years ago, pastoring already. Some of us would go, ooh, that's a little early. Understand something. When you have the proper commitment to God and you are willing to pay the cost, God will help you grow in leaps and bounds. You wonder why Christianity is stagnant and stale and wimpy and shallow here in America? Because people stop understanding that it costs to serve God. And we're more interested in what we can get out of it than what we can put into it. And I know some of some folks have sat in these pews, and you know, back in certain days I've done it myself. It's hard for me to say it when I'm preaching myself, but come in, cross their arms, and say, All right, preacher, bless me, I dare you. 
Teach me something I don't know already, though. There you go. But you know, I've run into Christians like that who show up going, well, make it worth my while that I got out of bed this morning. Really? So just being in the presence of God's people, hearing God's word, isn't worth something to you? Careful. You want to know why some of the, the countries around this world are seeing the word of God make a major impact and they're having thousands of souls saved? It's because they're willing to lose their life to present their, their Christ. They're willing to lose their families. They're willing to be imprisoned. The cost for them is high, but they're willing to pay it. In other countries, Holland, Sweden, London, United States, especially in New England, we've forgotten that we ought to be paying into the ability to serve God. I hate this because it steps on my toes. Because we have been trained so much in America to not think anything is worth it unless we're getting something out of it. But then I look at Christians all over this world and they're getting nothing out of it but hardship and headache and death threats and murder and the loss of family. And they say, you know what? It's all worth it so that I can stand up and serve my God. That day we had, uh, we left uh, the Philippines and Jim reminded me of this this morning. Pastor Eric and I left the Philippines after doing the conference and 12 hours after that, that typhoon hit the airport. And that airport was four feet deep in water in those chairs that we were sitting in 12 hours ago. I'm sitting in the, in the terminal waiting for the airplane. They showed us pictures later that 12 hours later there was four feet of water. Those plastic chairs are just floating around the terminal. I'm like, hallelujah, we got out of there. But you know what was amazing to me? It was a couple of days later, they so showed Sunday services. And there were little churches all over the Philippines with people sitting in two feet of water. Yes, the chairs weren't in the water, but from the knees down, imagine if the water was right up under your seat. They all were just barefoot, sitting. Man, I, Pastor, it's a little cold in here this morning. What, what would it be like if all of a sudden all of us came in and this building was full up to the bottom of the pews with water? Oh, well, I can't go to church. What, really? How much are you willing to pay to be able to serve God? What, and boy, I, I will say it. Because across this country, it's affected quite a bit. I can't possibly go to church because there might be COVID there. Now, gotta be careful, but there might be mumps, there might be measles, there might be the flu, there might be the... What's going to keep you from serving God? Now, please, I'm not telling you to be a crazy person, okay? Like, oh, man, I just got small parts, but I'm going to church. Okay, don't be nuts. But, you know, people in our country will find any and every excuse to not be at church. I think I woke up this morning with an with a ingrown toenail. Let's stay home. And somebody on the other side of the world going, I woke up this morning with guys outside my door ready to lop my head off if I go to church. Well, you know what? I'm going. It's going to cost you. Now, please, I'm not trying to lay a guilt trip that we're not doing it the same way as somebody else is doing it because the next slide is important. 
Every man according to as he purposed in his heart, let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. If you're doing this going, oh, man, there's people in Nigeria dying for their faith. Well, by golly, i got to get out there. No, don't do it because of them. Do it because of what you believe. That's why this estimation is important that it's different for different people. Okay, when God says, Craig, I want you to serve, here's what it's going to cost. And I go, all right, Jim, it's going to cost you so much. And God said, no, that's your cost. That's not Jim's cost. That's not Barb's cost. That's not Ruth's cost. That's the cost to you. Are you willing to give that? But I love this here. This word again, cheerful. We've talked about this before when we've looked at this. And and again, everybody grabs onto their wallet as soon as we read this verse. Okay. God love us a hilarious giver. Not just, I can write it and put it in the plate with a smile. This means, I couldn't wait to give what God asked me to give. That's why I wrote it this way. This is awesome. I get to give to God. Do you understand what he's saying in chapter 27? He said, all these things I've told you, you get to choose to serve me if you want. And now, bring your offering. Bring, and let's get busy. And it says, okay, 50 shekels of silver. I'm, I'm pleased to give this money so that I can be involved in God's work. Not, I've never carried such heavy money in my whole life. This is such a burden to pay. No. You get to be happy about serving. Now, this is the best part. Look at verse 8. Verse 8 says, But if he be poorer than thy estimation, then he shall present himself before the priests, and the priests shall value him according to his ability that vowed shall the priests value him. Now, get this. This is so cool, and this is why I love God. Well, not, this is, there's many reasons I love God, but this is another one. He says, well, God, I don't have 30 shekels. I don't have 20 shekels. I don't have 10 shekels. And God says, listen, if you don't have that kind of money, go talk to the priests, and they'll set a value on what you need to do. Even if you are poor, you're not left out. Next slide. Yep, no one is left out. If you can't afford it, God will say, listen, look at the verse. If there be a willing mind, it is accepted according to what a man hath, not what a man hath not. But God, you said any any man between this age has to pay 50 shekels. I don't have 50. I can't serve you. And God says, no, no, no. If you have a willing heart and you want to serve, I'll tell you what your cost is going to be. If you can afford the 50 and you got, praise God for that, that's what the cost is. But if you can't, God knows every one of us. Now, I did write a, a thing down at the bottom. This is not the tithe. 10% is 10%. Okay, how much do you make? Don't tell me. 10% of that is how much? The same as 10% of what I make. There's no difference. Okay, this is talking about the cost to serve. This is not a tithe. This is something different. The tithe was the Lord's. It was supposed to be given. If you don't give it, you're robbing God. This was something that God says, if you want to serve me, it's going to cost you. Now, I think that's pretty understandable, isn't it? If you're going to run a marathon, it's going to cost you, isn't it? 
Now, I'm not talking about necessarily funds. I mean, there may be a registration fee or something like that. But if I went to run out a marathon right now, I'd probably make it a half mile and drop dead of a heart attack. What is it going to cost me? It's going to cost me months of training to get myself prepared for that. Okay? Name anything in this world. You want to be a welder? It's going to cost you. If you get anything in this life, it's going to cost you. Why are we so surprised that God would say, listen, it's going to take some investment. But sometimes we in Christian circles just like do the couch potato thing. Hey, I showed up. It's a voluntary thing. I'm just going to sit here and see what happens. And we take no tally of what we need to invest in to be a part of what God is doing. Last slide. So what's serving God worth to you? What's it worth to you? Are you even interested in serving God? If you are, it's going to cost you something. Now again, I'm not talking about laying the plates out so you can bring shekels of silver in. Even if you showed up with a shekel of silver, I wouldn't know what to do with it. I'm talking about if you are planning investing in God's work, personally, you have to count the cost because it is going to be something that is important. How many times do we look in the Word of God where it says, uh, you know, how many uh, kings go out to war without making sure his army is big enough to take on the army? How many builders start building a building without making sure they have all the supplies? you got to take, take a tally. So I've asked this before, I'll ask it again. You want to disciple someone? I hope so. Have you invested? Have you counted the cost? Is it important to you? You want to lead somebody to the Lord? Is it important to you? How much are you willing? What's the cost? You want to get trained even further? There's a verse that pops out in my mind when I think of this, and it talks about what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul. God says, you know what? You could gain the whole world, and is that really profit? So my question is, in the rest of this chapter, guys, as much as we learn about God, as much as we hear and see from Him, all the blessings He's given us, are we, in our culture in America, willing to put out what it takes to serve Him? Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this reminder. Lord, it's an amazing thing that you and I can have a relationship that you want to use me. Father, it's an amazing thing. There's not one of us that are believers in the Lord Jesus Christ that have surrendered our hearts to you that you don't want to use. But Lord, this is also not some fly-by-night opportunity father this is a commitment and it costs and lord we need to be willing not only to do what you're telling us but be willing to sacrifice and so lord again i'm not looking to lay a guilt trip but this is a refocus we have a really strange priority system in our country that as teaches it to look out for number one what's in it for me I'll show up if I can get something out of it. 
But Lord, that's just the opposite of what you teach us in your word. Lord, it's not what I can get out of it. It should be what I can offer. And so, Father, please, and I tried to be very careful in my words this morning. Lord, I don't want to assume one moment that I know the commitment level for anyone. It's different. It varies. We saw that. What you might be asking for me is different than you might be asking from someone else. But Lord, you are asking for a commitment. You are asking us to count the cost, to make an estimation of what it is to serve you. Are we willing? Or is the cost too high? Lord, when we look at the cost of shekels, it wasn't that much. But Lord, the instant, the, the teaching, the focus, the thought that we need to continually have in our minds is are we willing to give up something that we might have, time, money, talent, anything, and offer those things to you just so that we have the ability to serve you. Father, thank you for my family here at church. Help us to be better. Lord, we have opportunities. This world needs to see believers who are sold out for God. In other countries, it's, it's an amazing thing to see because their costs are so high. Ours, Father, may not seem that way because we live in a, com- uh, a comfortable country where Christianity is allowed and, Lord, there's not a whole lot of uh, danger, not a whole lot of threat when it comes to living our faith out. But, Lord, it doesn't mean there's still not a cost. Father, thank you so much for the privilege to be your priests, for the privilege to live our faith out, for the privilege to serve you. Thank you, in Jesus' name, amen.